This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. This is Women to Watch. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. It is for those frightened children who want peace. It is for those voiceless children who want change. Being inspired by women from across the globe who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Now, Women to Watch. Here's your host, Sue Rocco. Good evening, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in for another week of Women to Watch. It's always great to be back with all of you. And we have a really great show tonight. I'm very, very excited for my guest this evening. Uh, Her name is Cece Moore, and Cece is uh, Chief Genetic Genealogist at Parabon. She is the founder of the DNA Detectives and also an ABC News consultant with a brand new show that we're gonna be talking about um, later in the show tonight. She'll be with me in just a moment. Don't miss our watch team of on-air contributors as we go into our breaks, bringing you information in health, legal matters, finance, military affairs, and technology. And to reach out to us or subscribe to our newsletter or podcast, be sure to visit us at womentowatch.net. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. So now I'm thrilled and honored to welcome to the show Cece Moore. Cece, thanks Hi. for being here. Hi. Thanks for Hi. I'm really excited for the show tonight. I have quite a fascination with all things um, ancestry and genealogy and DNA. I, I think it's such a fascinating field. And um, But I also am, am thrilled that um, as you speak about, it's something that you came to later in life, uh, which is really a great example for women. And I wanted to start with uh, a little bit about your background and upbringing in Southern California. And um, you actually ended up studying theater, film, vocal performance. Can you tell me how you were first introduced to the arts? Sure. When I was in fifth grade in a place called Westwood, which is in Rancho Bernardo, San Diego, California, uh, there was a a play that they were putting on, a musical called The Frog Prince. And they decided that I would uh, play the princess because I was a good student and they knew that I would memorize the lines and the songs and not uh, not forget them. <laughs> and I wore thick glasses at the time and uh, really hadn't thought about being a performer. I did love to sing. And so that was what kind of thrust me into that world of performance. And I I caught the performance bug on stage um, when I was 10. So, Cece, did you have before that experience, you know, had you had other aspirations as a young girl, you know, what you wanted to be when you grew up? I don't think I really knew for sure. I loved school. I was very studious. I read all the time. I had read all the classics by the time I was in fifth grade. Um, I loved Nancy Drew in particular, so I read all 100-plus books of that series, but I don't think I ever thought that I would end up 
working as any type of detective, although I those were my favorite books. So I don't think I really knew at that point. Um, but I definitely wasn't one of those people who was, you know, tap dancing on the table for my parents' friends. Uh, not one of those let me entertain you types. I was <laughs> more of a bookworm. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, you actually had a very successful c- career in, in entertainment, um, having appeared in, in the Fantastics and West Side Story. And you, uh, you also did some directing and appeared in commercial campaigns. You know, with the work you're doing today, do you miss any of that ever? That's a great question. I do. I was just talking to my college roommate who ended up on Broadway, like many of my friends, and saying, I I, I do miss it. I really miss uh, before the performance when you're backstage and the orchestra is warming up. It's this cacophony of different musical sounds, and I I, I miss that a lot. Um, Interestingly, I was just contacted by um, my cast from Fame back in 1994, and we had a little reunion over Zoom on Sunday. And everybody else stayed in performance and in the arts. And so I was really the only one that was doing something very different. And so my my path diverged from most of my friends pretty dramatically over the years. So, you know, on kind of the flip side of what we just spoke about, I'm wondering, was there a moment when you were working in the arts that you felt perhaps unfulfilled or or called to do something else in your life? Was Was there a voice telling you that? Yes, there was, because I had always been really scholarly, as as I mentioned. Um, I had straight A's, and when I was six years old, my school decided they wanted me to take an IQ test. And after I took it, all the teachers were walking up to me saying, oh, you'll find a cure for cancer. And they really made me feel that I needed to do something very important with my life. And I I think it was actually kind of a burden. I felt that I really needed to help people. I needed to use my brain to benefit society. And so when I sort of unexpectedly ended up on a path of entertainment, I think I felt like maybe I wasn't using my brain to its full potential. And you said I was really successful, and I wouldn't say that exactly. I did work. I made my living as a a working actress, singer, host, model um, for many years. So you could say I was successful in that regard. But I definitely never got that big break. You know, I didn't have my own TV show or anything. And so I I do think I felt like I could have been doing more. Interesting. And of course, here you are today with your own show. Um, Can you can you tell me? Yeah, (laughs) right. I mean, life takes so many crazy twists and turns sometimes. Um, Tell me about the moment that DNA genealogy piqued your interest in 2003. I actually have to go back a little. So my senior year in high school, I already had a full scholarship to go to college and study music. And I was in my AP bio course, and there was a little section on genetics. And it was the first time I'd ever been introduced to genetics. And I fell madly head over heels in love with it. So I suddenly was running around the schools telling everyone I wanted to be a population geneticist 
which was very different than how everyone saw me at that point. And I called up both of the schools I had full scholarships at to see if I could change my major. And they said there was no such thing as a genetics undergraduate major. So I ended up sticking to my original plan and studying music and theater. Um, but it was something that I never forgot about. It was kind of there in the background. So mm. in about 2003, when I was studying my own genealogy and family history, I really loved the idea that DNA was being used to help build our family trees and extend those. And so it came back into my life much later after I'd done lots of other things. But at that point, I knew that that was really what I wanted to do was push that forward. Wow. Listen, we're going to go into our first break, Cece. Um, when we come back, I want to talk about the, um, the technique that you pioneered. Stay with us for our Military and Health Watch. We'll be right back. Now, the women to watch. Military Watch. As our nation is engulfed in protests and unrest, the military services are responding and as the U.S. Army today honors its 245th birthday, commanders are reaching out to their forces, calling for understanding, education, and action. General Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, directed commanders to, please remind all of our troops and leaders that we will uphold the values of our nation and operate consistent with the national laws and our own high standards of conduct at all times. I am proud that I belong to two organizations, the military and Comcast, that are committed to the elimination of social injustice. I'm proud to share that Comcast has committed $100 million to a comprehensive multi-year plan focused on social justice, our employees, awareness and education, digital equity, and small businesses. We will partner with organizations working to eradicate injustice and inequity, such as the National Urban League, the Equal Justice Initiative, among others. When it comes to our employees, we will accelerate diversity and inclusion efforts, including advancement, hiring and training, and build a better understanding of race-related issues. We will use our media resources to highlight black voices and black stories. We want to educate our viewers on the diverse and inclusive cultures through our X1, Flex, Peacock, and Sky platforms. We will commit funds to help small businesses affected by the extended closures in the wake of COVID-19, allocating a substantial portion of those funds to businesses owned by people of color. Together, we hope to help create a more just and inclusive society and stand up for what's right. Since 1858, Mount St. Joseph Academy has been educating girls to be leaders, founders, and independent thinkers. Students are taught to be collaborative, courageous, compassionate, confident, and spiritual. In this student-centered environment, the young women are transformed by recognizing their own potential and are encouraged to use it to make a difference in the world. To learn more about Mount St. Joseph Academy, go to www.msjacad.org or call 215-233-3177. That's msjacad.org or 215-233-3177. Watch Health Watch. For Health Watch, I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. 
hip and knee replacement surgeries. They're performed to relieve pain, minimize disability, and in general, improve your quality of life. Maybe you've had pain for years, but you'll know when it's time to sign up for surgery. The pain or deformity keeps you from functioning. Several years ago, it became more common for a patient to have both knees replaced at the same time. In some cases, now patients can have both hips replaced in one trip to the operating room, usually done in healthier, younger patients. To maximize the success of surgery and decrease risk, it's very important to address any other medical conditions, especially diabetes. If your sugars are not controlled, it increases the risk for infection and serious blood clots. And so important, while you await surgery and you're in pain, do not have any steroid or any injection closer than three months prior to surgery. It can double the risk of infection. What's the typical lifespan of a replaced hip? Well, since 2000, with high-tech materials, a hip rarely wears out. With knees, the motion involved is a different shearing force and wear mechanism, so about 1% fail a year. But over 20 years, that might be only 20%. Still great odds. Prehab, just as important as rehab after your operation. In recent months, the pandemic has led to a delay in elective surgeries, and people have been waiting in pain. The key, stay as functional as possible. Do your daily routine and keep moving. Preoperative weight is also a key factor in successful surgery and recovery. Healthy eating, limit sugar, keep walking. Lastly, after surgery, you'll probably need a cane or walker for assistance. Try to visit the physical therapist before surgery to make sure the walker fits into your bathroom at home, know how to properly use the stairs, a chair rail, what kind of chair to sit in, and remove any loose rugs. Divas, start walking. This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome back. I'm talking to Cece Moore this evening, uh, Chief Genetic Genealogist at Parabon. And um, Cece, I read that you actually pioneered a technique. Um, and I, I, I'm reading this because a lot of this is over my head um, to fuse genetics with genealogy. Um, revolutionizing the field. How did you discover that? How did you come upon that? So I didn't create genetic genealogy itself, but what happened is once I became known as an expert in the field, which there were no experts in the field at that point, people started coming to me with their own family mysteries and asking if I thought that I could use genetic genealogy to help them identify their birth parents. These were adoptees, people that were donor-conceived, or people who took a DNA test and suddenly found out that their father was not their biological father and had this, this identity mystery thrust upon them suddenly. And so all, we, prior to that, we had been focusing on using genetic genealogy to identify long-dead people, your great-great-grandfather or the maiden name of your great-grandmother lost to time. And so I needed to change the techniques in such a way that I could use them to identify very recent lost ancestors, people's parents. And so the basis of genetic genealogy already existed, but what I focused on was trying to help people find their their biological families. And so that meant that we had to have a much more recent focus and we had to use a technique called reverse genealogy, where you're coming forward in time 
looking for recently living or living people. And that's very different than going back further and further in your family tree. So tell me, what is it like when you reveal to someone something about their life that they never knew? That's an amazing feeling. And before I started working with law enforcement, my career was already incredibly fulfilling because I was able to help so many people resolve these longstanding identity mysteries or their very recent, very emotional identity mysteries or, uh, or reevaluations. And so, as I mentioned, when I was a little girl, I always felt like I needed to use my brain to help people. And so I think that was the first time that I really felt that I was fulfilling that and that I was able to use these techniques to bring resolution and closure and, for some people, uh, reunions with their long-lost families. And so although I wasn't intimately involved and personally involved in these family reunions, um, every time it happened, it was just a, a wonderful thing to to be part of from the outside. Um, so, you know, doing that kind of work, Cece, is, is a lot different from working with law enforcement um, to solve cold cases. And the very first case you solved was in, if I'm not, um, if I am correct, 2018, with the conviction of William Earl Talbot um, for a double murder in 1987. When I, you know, when I was thinking about that, I wondered what that, you know, the moment you said, aha, I figured it out. Um, who's the first person you called and, and, and what was that phone call like to reveal who that was? Well, I first called the CEO of Parabon Nanolabs, which is the company that I was in the process of joining forces with at the time to create this genetic genealogy unit for law enforcement. Um, so he already had his company and he was using his snapshot phenotype technology to help law enforcement look, uh, determine what these uh, unknown suspects looked like through their DNA. And so this was a proof of concept moment where I needed to show them that genetic genealogy really would be a viable tool for law enforcement. The Golden State Killer suspect had been identified through a team including Barbara Ray Venter, another genetic genealogist. And that made big news, but a lot of people felt that it would be a one-off, that this wasn't something that was going to be used frequently in law enforcement. So my goal was to show them that this could be a tool that was used regularly. So when I was able to identify William Earl Talbot, I immediately called Steve Armentrout to let him know that I had been successful. Uh, I also wanted to get the name to Detective Scharf, who was in charge of that investigation, uh, as quickly as possible. Cece, does each one of these um, discoveries kind of motivate you and drive you to investigate more and more? It does. And the other thing that it does is when we see so much injustice in the world um, throughout the whole Me Too movement, I would start you know, feeling depressed like everybody. And then I would realize, wait, I can do something. And it might not resolve the current situation I'm hearing about on the news, but it's so empowering to know that I, I wasn't powerless. I could, I could actually do something to help, to 
identify these people that have been victimizing women and children and elderly in most of these cases. And that is just a, a empowering place to be in my career at 51. Uh, I bet. Um, you know, and we should mention that for the listeners, um, when we come back, that you did come to this later in life. We're going to go into our next break. Stay with us for our legal and finance watch. I'm talking to Cece Moore. We'll be right back. Now, now the women to watch. Legal watch. Legal watch. This is Nicole Hitner from Ballard Spar Law Firm for Legal Watch. The COVID-19 pandemic continues to impact every aspect of business, including the way companies are pricing their products. Join us on June 16th for a webinar, Antitrust in the Time of COVID-19, Pricing Issues and Dealing with Competitors. My partner, Leslie John, along with several other Ballard attorneys, will explore and explain the laws on price gouging and considerations businesses should weigh when pricing products and services. If you're watching the news at all, you'll know that it's an issue that many sellers, from big household companies to Amazon entrepreneurs, have grappled with in the wake of the virus and the supply and logistics issues it's created. The legal implications of getting it wrong may surprise you. You can find a registration link to log on for this free program at ballardspar.com and then events and news tab. I hope you'll join us. This is Nicole Hittner at Ballard Spar for Legal Watch. Stay healthy and safe, everyone. If you believe that family, charity, or money is deeply important for the greater good, Fortis Wealth invites you to a highly personalized financial discovery process to help you visualize your financial legacy. It's not for everyone, but if you're willing to invest the time and thought, they can offer advice and strategies to help you accomplish your dreams. Fortis Advisors is a wholly owned subsidiary of Fortis Wealth, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Visit Fortis-Wealth.com today because tomorrow is waiting. Watch. Hi, this is Terry, and I'm from Fortis Wealth. World Elder Abuse Awareness Day was launched on June 15, 2006, by the International Network for the Prevention of Elder Abuse and the World Health Organization to help raise awareness of the cultural, social, economic, and demographic processes affecting elder abuse and neglect. Older Americans lose an estimated $2.6 billion or more annually due to elder financial abuse and exploitation. Unfortunately, it occurs in every demographic and can happen to anyone. It's estimated that only one in five of these crimes are ever discovered. Some of the most popular scams are centered on Medicare and health insurance, prescription and anti-aging drugs, the lottery, funerals and cemeteries, telemarketing, investments, internet fraud, mortgages, and reverse mortgages. One of the most egregious scams involves a stranger convincing a grandparent that a beloved grandchild is in trouble and needs their financial help. Here are some ways to help protect you and or your senior loved ones. First, designate a trusted contact so that your financial institutions know who to contact in case of suspected financial exploitation or if the main account holder has diminished capacity. Get organized. Keep a record of where your accounts are located, create a will, set up trust and power of attorney declarations, and make sure your insurance policy designations are up to date. And always guard your passwords. Create a different password for every account you have and change them regularly. Never share your account numbers, usernames, logins, passwords, or PINs. Be smart with your smartphone. Scammers like to mask their numbers to make it look as if they're calling from a local area code or even from someone you know. Let unknown numbers go to voicemail and join the National Do Not Call Registry to cut down on unwanted calls. And become more tech savvy. Get more comfortable with technology so that you can better protect yourself online. 
take technology and digital literacy classes at a local recreation center, library, or senior center. Whether you're a senior or not, become a force that scammers won't want to reckon with. This is Terry. Peace out. I'm talking to Cece Moore. Um, she's a genetic genealogist, and, and she's currently um, working with law enforcement to solve cold cases and also just launched a new um, TV show. And Cece, I think it's important for our listeners to know, um, you know, a big part of your story is that you really are on, I would say, your third career. Um, you and I share something in common, having started something brand new in our 40s, um, which is always a great example of it never being too late. And so I wanted to know if, you know, your discovery at, at that age and time in life, do you feel as though this is where I've always been meant to be? And, and, and now you're settled that this is you know, going to be a part of your life forever moving forward. I do feel that way, and it it took a long time to get here, and I had to blaze my own trail because there was no such thing as a professional genetic genealogist when I started. I was the first person ever to call myself that, and so it wasn't something I could aspire to be as a young girl or earlier in my life. I really had to create it, and because I didn't have a science degree or a science foundation, it's definitely something unexpected, you know, not something <laughs> I would have thought I would end up doing. Yeah. I wanted to, to mention um, something that's kind of been a setback for you. Um, and this, you know, there's there will be some controversy around um, the use of DNA, obviously, for privacy reasons. And everyone kind of ha- has an opinion in 2019 the database that you use to solve cold cases um, kind of changed its rules. And can you talk about that, you know, how that affected the work you're doing um, and really where you see, you know, the future in this, trying to balance both the privacy of people, but using this great tool to help victims? Yes. So for the first year that we were using investigative genetic genealogy to help resolve these cold cases, from May 2018 to May 2019, there were about a million people in the GEDmatch website that we could compare against for law enforcement purposes. And due to some outcry, some concerns, the owners of GEDmatch, who are longtime friends of mine, decided to opt out the entire database and require people to actively opt in to law enforcement matching. So that was pretty devastating. Woke up on the morning of May 19th, 2019, and we suddenly had zero matches to all of our law enforcement kits on that site. And there were many, many families that had contacted me that had finally had hope that they would have some resolution and maybe justice in their loved one's cases. And so you know, I was devastated for them. If we hadn't gotten that suspect DNA into the database by that time, then it was going to be extremely negatively impacted by this new decision. And I fully support everyone's right to decide how their DNA is used. But this was a very extreme decision that had a, a, you know, a significantly negative impact on resolving those cases. And so over time, it's grown as people have opted in. 
And with the new TV show, we've seen an uptick in opt-ins, I've heard from the owners. So that's terrific news. And that's definitely one of the goals for me in doing the show was I wanted to educate the public and try to dispel some of the misinformation that has caused a lot of the fear surrounding this process. Um, If I could show how we really do it, I was convinced that people wouldn't be so afraid of the concept of it. And so I'm hoping that will continue to be the case and more people will contribute their DNA files for this purpose. Right. Um, Let's talk about the show, Cece. I have to tell you, I watched last night and what really stood out for me was the expression on your face when you were speaking to Carol Dodge, the mother of Angie Dodge, who was murdered. I could tell that you truly connect with these people that you are speaking to. I mean, you, you know, everyone's talking about empathy today. And I would say that you're someone that truly feels the anguish. Um, so uh, two questions for, for that. I, I guess I want to know how you manage um, these kind of emotions um, when hearing these horrific stories and, and talking to the people closest to them. And then tell us a little bit about the show and what, what viewers can expect. You know, I only recently learned the term or concept of an empath, and I truly believe that I am one after reading about it. And so I think this this job could be very, very difficult for me, um, but I am able to really focus in on the work, on the family tree building, on the technical aspects of it when I'm, you know, when I'm doing that. But when I speak to the family members and I read about the crimes, you know, obviously it's it's devastating. I mean, it would be to anyone. Um, the reason I do this is because I care about families. Um, that's always been the case in all of my work with genetic genealogy, whether it was reuniting families or uh, bringing resolution to somebody about these types of questions. And so it's not all that different now. It's sadder. Uh, There aren't happy endings or happy beginnings, um, but it's still about providing answers and resolution to people who really, really need that to be able to have a burden lifted from their shoulders. And so that's what it's about. And I don't always hear from the family members. When I do, it is, you know, especially emotional, as you can imagine. Yes, I could see that. Um, Listen, we're going to take our last break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the show and what viewers can find when they go there. Stay with us for our Tech Watch. We'll be right back. Now, the women to watch. Tech Watch. Hi, I'm Mary Manso of Pathways Consulting Group. CIOs may have great ideas, but if you can't get the IT talent, that's a growing problem, says Bob Miano, president and CEO of Harvey Nash USA. I read an article that suggested that recruitment issues will potentially harm IT modernization efforts. Recruiting more women into the technology industry can only help, but as I've discussed in the past, the participation of women in the technology industry has declined in the past 20 years. It is the one STEM discipline where the participation of women has not increased. Did you know that a lack of women in technology 
technology can lead to a decrease in performance and profits, creating a missed opportunity for businesses. Greater gender diversity in technology impacts businesses' bottom line, as research from Morgan Stanley indicates. Ensuring that there's a good balance of women leading and working in the workplace just makes for good business. A field experiment published in Management Science found that teams with an equal gender mix had better sales and profits than male-dominated teams. So, why does gender diversity lead to better performance? It's called collective intelligence. In other words, when you add women to a group, the presence of women leads to a higher collective intelligence, which in turn strengthens the group's ability to solve problems, build solutions, and come up with ideas. Higher gender diversity teams not only enjoy better returns, but companies that adopt gender diversity could more likely outperform companies that don't. If we're going to increase the amount of women in the technology industry, we have to start considering how we change our approach. It will require strategies that appeal to the values and lifestyles of women. I'd love to share your thoughts on this topic in a future segment. So please email me at mary at pathwayscg.com with your ideas and input. Introducing Pathways Consulting Group, a company that will align your IT needs with your business goals. Pathways is a full-service ServiceNow partner. What does that mean? It's simple. Pathways will collaborate and design, develop, and deploy solutions for your company today that will define tomorrow. Pathways will provide world-class enterprise service management solutions. Pathways Consulting Group. They listen. They care. They execute. Go to PathwaysCG.com. That's PathwaysCG.com. Hi, Sue Rocco here, host of Women to Watch. Are you a fan of the show? If so, be sure to sign up for our podcast at womentowatch.net so you never miss a show and can listen on your own time. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thanks so much for being with us tonight um, as I talk to Cece Moore, a, a genetic genealogist. And Cece, your career has taken a lot of twists and turns, and I would imagine you have reflected over it and, and would probably have some good advice to share with our listeners. Yes, I really do hope that my path is inspirational and even aspirational for other women, particularly women who might be re-entering the workforce or in a career that they don't find fulfilling. I had a lot of regrets uh, throughout my adulthood of the choices that I made as far as a career. And people would always say to me, it'll all make sense one day and you won't have regrets. And I had a really hard time believing that. And I have to admit that they were right. I mean, my performing career really prepared me to be in a position where I can help educate the public about genetic genealogy. And I never could have imagined that all of that experience, all of those years would finally come together and make sense and allow me to make a real positive impact on society. And so I want people that are out there that might be feeling a little down or feeling like they took uh, the wrong direction in their life to know that it's not too late to change it. And, you know, you hear that if you follow your passion, you'll never work a day in your life. And I'm proof of that. I worked for a couple years, mostly volunteer doing this. And then it turned into a career I never could have imagined or dreamed of. And so I hope other people out there, young women interested in sciences, um, older women who might feel unfulfilled, will will listen to that message. And, and it, maybe it'll inspire them and help them. 
You know what? That's such a great topic, Cece. I think, you know, um, as humans, we often look back with regrets about things we did. And when I think about women in their careers and getting to uh, a place of doing, you know, what they love, I often think that, you know, those years prior, we perhaps were not ready yet. And that's a great perspective rather than saying everything that we did um, was a mistake. Do you feel that way? It didn't exist. It couldn't have happened any earlier. So I was preparing for it in ways I couldn't have known. I definitely had no interest in having a TV show or going back in front of the camera in my 40s and 50s. (laughs) Believe me, it was not my goal. (laughs) But every time I do it now, I just am so thankful that I have the experience that I have in my earlier years. So I can do that. I can reach the public. I can spread the word about what about the power of genetic genealogy and all the good that it can bring to people. And so I can't regret anymore my choices that I, that I made in my earlier career. Isn't that, it's a great feeling, isn't it? It's, it's such freedom to be in that place. Yes. And I never thought I would be there. I seriously, I can't tell you, I would argue with people and say, no, I'm always going to have regrets. I made mistakes. Um, but I, I have to admit, they were the ones that were right. I don't have regrets about those choices anymore. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, I wanted to ask you about kind of what you might have learned about the human spirit. When you're um, connecting biological family members, um, their desire to know and their desire to connect, what has that taught you about, you know, the human connection? And the need well, that's for another, it. <laughs> it's another great question, and it's something I could talk about for hours on end. I have learned so much about human nature through genetic genealogy. It is, it's just an amazing thing. But um, to distill it quickly, I think our genetics affect us much, much more than we know. And so when I'm able to help reunite a biological family, it's almost shocking to see a lot of the similarities, the serendipities or coincidences um, between those family members. And so that's really taught me that our ancestors are still with us and in us, and they're still affecting us and our, cho- our choices, not just how we look or our health, but the people that we are today. And as a genealogist, that's really special to me. It, it means we don't lose those ancestors. We don't lose that ancestral history. And somehow it comes down through time and helps us and makes us who we are. And so that, you know, that's eye opening. And I don't think that's something that most people realize, but it's become so clear to me, you know, initially it's anecdotal, right? It's not scientific proof, but I've seen it thousands of times now. And there just Mm -hmm. isn't any other explanation for what I've seen. And so I think science will catch up and we'll learn more about that in the future. You know what, we, I would love to have you back and do a whole show on that topic. Um, I think you're oh, right. I could do it. <laughs> yeah, I bet, I bet. Fascinating thing. And I could, I could come up with the questions. I'm just, you know, it really is fascinating yeah. to me. Um, I wanna, you know, in light of what's been going on, you know, in, in the country, um, I think it's important that I give you an opportunity to talk about kind of your own unique perspective of law enforcement. You've been working with, with, with the police to, to solve these cases and talk about human spirit. You see a side of them that perhaps other people would not. 
Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I would love to. Let me preface it by saying, saying one of the great things about genetic genealogy is it has really shown scientifically that we're all so similar and that a lot of people have diversity they're not even aware of. And so I've watched a lot of people learn about ancestral histories that they had no idea about and feel more connected to other cultures and other ethnicities. Um, and so I'm absolutely very much you know, a believer in that we are all the same deep down at that cellular level. Um, and then as far as law enforcement, it's been such an incredibly sad time, of course, um, but it's also sad in the aspect that these detectives I've worked with all over the country have been so heroic, and I never had any connection to law enforcement or experience with them. So this has been a wonderful gift to me to see how deeply they care about the victims, the families, about our communities. I thought they would be desensitized. And they're these, you know, mostly these big, tough guys that have been in law enforcement for decades. And it's been amazing to me that whenever we've been able to finally identify the perpetrators in these cases, without exception, they've all gotten emotional and many of them have cried and even sobbed. And yeah. they, they just care so much. And I think that detectives that work on these cold cases are a real special set of people. You know, they, they just care very deeply. And I've you know, seen that dozens and dozens of times across our country. And I don't want that to be forgotten in all of, you know, what we're seeing right now. You know, I think it's actually some of the most um, interesting parts of the show is the moment, gosh, you know, when you, you were on that call and you said, I found him. And you could see the emotion in the face of the one, I don't remember his name, one of the particular officers. You could physically see his, his hearing that and how it changed him. Yeah, it's amazing. Detective, Detective Bill Squires, and he was so dedicated to finding answers for Carol Dodge and for his community. And yeah. it was, you know, his reaction is really what you see with all of these detectives I've worked with, with, with without exception. Yeah. Cece, we're at the end of the show. I wish we had more time. Thanks so much for, for coming on to share your story. Thank you. It's really special to be able to do that. That's it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch. Thank you so much to my watch team and sponsors for their continued support. And everybody continue to stay safe and well and have a great week. Thanks for listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. Hopefully this is the last time you'll hear this ad. Because with Chime checking account features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts or at least grab yourself an extra morning latte this month. Join millions of Chime members who work on their financial progress with fee-free overdraft and no monthly fees. When you find new ways to save, you can reach your financial goals easier and still have the occasional treat. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. 
Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals 24. That's chime.com slash goals 24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.